What is good, Divine Dolls and Divine Dudes? Alright, I'm re-recording this segment. I was thinking to do a part two tomorrow, but um, I think I'm just going to keep this really short, sweet, and to, the, and to the point. So what you see on the thumbnail um, is a story about an assistant principal who was let go by a new principal hire. And um, it's giving me an opportunity to kind of start talking about something that I it's a concern to me. I, I don't, you know, not so much as like I don't really see there being a huge uh, insurgence of a lot of black men in power per se. But it just, you know, we, we talk a lot about, well, you know, depending on if some of you are in certain religions, this whole idea that, oh, at one point... We're going to come into power and there's going to be a flip in, in, you know, who's dominating. But it kind of makes you think, you know, I think that black women go harder for the black community and mm, to a certain degree more inclusive. Um, mm, take that with a grain of salt. But um I just let's let's just do a real quick case study of what happened here and we'll start the conversation going. I'm pretty sure I'll have other conversations. So um, this uh, principal was recently hired and he has the right to bring in his own staff. But I think what grinds my gears the more the most with this story is you get to see how um, how nasty he approached the whole situation. Um, his name is Abdel Mohammed, and that's at, oh, I already switched on another tab. Let me see if it's on this one. Yeah, no, I, um, I think it's called, it's called Lindblom High School. It's a prestigious high school in West Englewood, E-N-G-L-W-O-O-D. And, um, when the news reporters reached out to him, on two separate occasions so I watched three clips and the comments are off but um all he kept saying was it is within the right of the principal to fire whom they whom they want and I'm gonna dig a little bit further too because I didn't say this in the last podcast but he said that um or apparently the one of the things that the newscaster said was they recently passed that law. So I in my opinion I feel like he strikes me as the the Muhammad guy strikes me as someone who's really um working out of his ego the same thing that we talked about when I was uh talking about that young black lady that was wrestled to the floor um by a black police officer because she wouldn't sign the ticket and he was damn near gonna like taser her while she was already down on the floor in a fetal position type of a thing um and I think that when you when you listen to this to learn more about her she is not only an alma mater from that school she has been there for many years so long that um, the alumni have sent their children there. And so one of the things that I do like is that I see a lot of young ladies really standing up and organizing how to, you know, 
be vocal to get the assistant principal back and they have the support of their parents. So I'm really happy to see that. <clears throat> She has that support. So um, several things kind of grind my gears. He rec he recently got hired. He um, recently passed a law that the the principal is the one who can make the decision of who to hire and who to fire. I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think that's a coincidence, especially when you look at how he proceeded. Right. So one of the things they said is he could bring in his own. Um, staff. And so I, I could kind of see that, you know, um, I used to work at an academic institution. So I, I could kind of see that but none of the um, people that I worked with never enforced that. Um, but it is, it, you know, every time you transition through a new dean or president, um, there's always talk about them bringing their own assistant um, type of a thing. So not only that, as it turns out, he brought his staff and there were two positions for assistant um, principals. And so he brought one of his own and that the second assistant position was still open, but he still let her go. And then that's when I'm like, yeah, he didn't like her. He wanted... He manipulated the board to pass a law where he can fire people, you know, and I'm pretty sure he he I'm pretty sure that there's more below the surface. I think he doesn't like her type of a thing or is probably intimidated by her or by how much respect that they have for her as opposed to him coming in. And so it's a power struggle. Let's not play any games if you were somebody new coming in and this person you know one of the things that the student said is the name of that school a lot of us she ran that school you know in the sense of while they didn't have an, a principal she was running everything efficiently and you can tell when i did the last last podcast i'm not sure how i think one or two of you might be able to hear it by the time i record this and put it up but i almost i got choked up because you can tell when you I was reading her letter, she loves her students so much. And the way that she responded was really one of the most eloquent, um, articulate um, responses. A very high frequency. It couldn't be me, I tell you what. <laughs> you know. Um, so... He had the ability to hire her to keep her on the staff. The, 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 the nail in the coffin for me with him, too, was um, I, I also have family who have worked or work in the education system. And um, the three videos that I the clips that I saw were from August 22nd. So these kids just went back to school and. Um, one of the things about teachers is you need to be able to have time to, you know, prepare your curriculum and get settled into the classroom. And once the academic school year starts, you're kind of locked in. So the way that he did it is he waited until the penultimate moment in her um, letter. She says, um, this is my last day. I think that she really got blindsided off guard. And I think that 
instead of him at least giving her the summer to look for another job is one thing but it was just kind of like left her in a position where I'm pretty sure this woman has a pension right if she's out of work for one year that can affect her um, livelihood you know her being able to have a roof over her head and um, being able to provide for her family the way that she needs to not to mention the emotional stress and trauma I You know, so when I think about how hard, you know, black women go, whether you're on the mammy side or whether you're trying to even just uplift other black women in the in the community, you know, for those of you who kind of get it or working with children, um, we tend to think of, I think when you think of a woman, it's if it's a mammy, she's going to hire another black man or fight for him if it's a black woman that wants to work with other women then you know we'll we'll hire each other and work together for a greater picture but I just I'm not seeing that reciprocal energy from the black male collective the majority I know I do have my (laughs) faithful few divine masculines and I think that what I'm gonna leave in the title and that's what made me want to decide to just push through and and record this tonight um and then that way I don't have to worry about it tomorrow is I don't consider that to be divine masculine behavior right um there were two people I wanted to mention um and I'm gonna go ahead and mention them here and um let me see the, the first one I actually can skip the first one um but I, I had really interesting commentary from that from that content creator. I'm not subscribed to her, but very interesting. But the one that I think would be kind of applicable for this for my divine masculines in terms of a resource. So I'm not going to give you advice or anything out there. I, I, you know, I've, I've said it before. I don't think black men, they stop listening to their well, just men in, in general, stop listening to their mothers after the age of seven or eight. So I don't really, if I'm keeping it 100, see the value in giving advice to, you know, men. But I think that there are the divine masculines who listen to me, want to hear from a different perspective, you know, and you can um, kind of analyze what I'm saying and, and take what applies and let the rest fly. But what would be really helpful for my divine masculines if you're listening to this up until this far that I think would be a great resource for you is if you listen to um um I think her channel is New World Tarot. I've listened to two of her videos and I really it's really stimulating. I think the last time I mentioned that um she was talking about um the definition of an alpha and then this other one that she did, I think it's called like Endless Time or Until the End of Time. Um and I think it might also be titled, um, what is the definition of a of an alpha male? And it has a picture of Trump, Biden, no, Trump, Putin, and um, Il Wan Jun or something like that. One of the Korean presidents. But um, very fascinating. Now, I do not agree with everything that um, her perspective but I do um, appreciate her curating that information and inviting us to explore it because um, the the original the originator of the term alpha male 
um, she found a recording of him and he expresses um, um, disappointment that his definition of the alpha male in his studies of the chimpanzees, right, um, is misinterpreted. And he talks about what makes the chimpanzee alpha males alpha males. And a component of that is being able to um, be empathetic, right? And very fascinating. Highly recommend, you know, Divine Masculines, you listen to that one. Um, don't worry, there's not like Zodiac or Horoscope or Tarot readings on that one. It's just she plays the content and she does give her commentary similar to how my style is. But you can listen to what the originator of the term alpha male uh, is saying and <clears throat> very thought provoking. And um, was there something else I wanted to say? Yeah, so when I say that this is not the behavior of a divine masculine, um, a true divine masculine would, would have made sure that, you know, if he's letting her go, that he has she has another place to go to, that she has high recommendations, and keeping into consideration that this woman has a pension, a family, her, her livelihood can be affected, and... Another reason I say it's not a divine masculine is because you see that manipulation in terms of getting the whole board to go along with with the principal having the final say in who's fired and let go. And like I mentioned, it you can tell that there's more below the surface because on two separate times that the news people reached out to him, all he wants to say is go off of ego. The principal has the ability to fire and hire who they please. And... um Nothing talking about her character, her reputation, you know, if there were any complaints from the community in terms of behavior or, you know, low performance. It's just, you could tell it's out of ego. Was there another thing, too, I wanted to address? Um, yeah, I think that was the third one, was just the ego, too, right? So the manipulation in terms of of that language, in terms of who can hire and fire, um, I think abuse of a power abuse of power in some ways you know I think that he knew the end game in terms of who he wanted to let go and and he didn't want to have pushback and or people from the board who would question his decision to let her go um and so he he played chess on that one and um probably didn't anticipate you know a lot of pushback I think that it's kind of understood in, in our community, black women are not really protected. They probably just thought that, you know, they would just kind of be sad about it and go about their business. But um, like I said, I'm really proud of, of those young ladies and, the you know, the parents with their support to, to really advocate for her because in many cases we're the least protected and... Um, I think I've mentioned it before and I'll close out with this. I did a podcast. One of the interesting things I learned about Age of Aquarius, um, Aquarius is about very much about futuristic thinking, forward thinking. I've done a couple of readings like looking at the Wikipedia definition. I know not necessarily the best um, for for information, but I actually love the way that it was well written. But it's very futuristic and it's about almost like legacy and how it affects future generations. And um, I mentioned that 
I see us going into age of Aquarius, uh, Capricorn, if I'm not mistaken. Um, which comes after age of Aquarius, which is like for not for another thousand years, but very much that beehive mentality where only the high performing men that are of value are kept and the rest are completely annihilated. So if they're not contributing to society. It's out of here. It's night lights out, nights out. I don't even think they breed with the with the ones that don't have value type of a thing. So the best way a divine masculine would would be able to make it, I think, is to show that they have value and um contribute to the society, if that kind of makes sense. And um and to be a divine masculine, not not you know, kind of creating destruction so that's it and that's all i'm actually much more happier with this one it's half the time i think i got the point across i think i just wanted to think about you know for my divine masculines what it would mean if you're in power versus i think what we're seeing across the board i think one of the things i wanted to um kind of loop in but it's kind of an outlayer is um this is not the first time we see what happens when black men go into power or when they are vocal, the types of things they're vocal for. One of them was the young black lady that was wrestled to the ground by another black uh, officer, right? Because she didn't sign a ticket. And the comments that were coming from black men, when we should be all against police brutality. Um, and then the other one was um, the young black lady that she is a therapist and she was doxxed and fired from her job because of things she said about the black community i think the second content creator that i was talking about um chrissy um listening to her content very um thought provoking love her perspectives don't agree with all of it right I don't agree with all of it or, or necessarily how, you know, she said some things and I'll do a separate podcast on that. But very um, uh, things that really stimulate like how we think about these type of perspectives. But the case in point being, you know, men really went out of their way. Black men really went out of their way to um, call in and get her fired and again, affecting her livelihood um, Chrissy made some great points in terms of, you know, professionalism, which is something else I, I also want to talk about. I did do a recording, but I didn't upload that video, um, that podcast. Um, I think sometimes I second guess myself, but, but, um, I, I think I will close out with this in the sense of, can you imagine if we were to redirect how much power, you know, our power to really fight, for example, white supremacy or racism or the system and really fight in a high frequency way, a united collaborative way for each other and for the, the black community. But instead, it just seems that, you know, we're just tearing each other down. Um, and I think it's one of those things where women are building up on one end and <laughs> the collective of black men and or their ma mammy identifiers are tearing down on the other end and so we're still left with destruction and again this is i shouldn't have to say this but i know that it's not every black male but it's such a few and i think that even my percentage of listeners you know i only have 27 percent listeners and i've been staying at that for almost six months to eight months 
in terms of um, male listeners. Um, but I think it's just reflective of, of overall, you know, 27 out of 100 understand the assignment and they understand what it means to be at a high frequency and um, that's it and that's all. I'm going to go. I'm sleepy now.